بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد مبرد السيسترز we continue with the incident of uh, the slander on Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa radiyal anha and uh, the meaning of that and the implications of that and why that was also we see it as a sign of the rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I mean what happened was obviously very painful uh, and uh, it was something which was apparently negative but alhamdulillah if we think about it then it is something which is also very positive let us see the ayat which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. For example, the, the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed of Surah Al-Nur from uh, ayat 12 to 20. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which means, Why then did not the believers, men and women, when you heard the slander, think good of their own people and say, this charge is an obvious lie? Why did, why did they, meaning the slanderers, not produce four witnesses? Since they, the slanderers, have not produced witnesses, then with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are the liars. Had it not been for the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His mercy unto you in this world and in the hereafter. And this is uh, a great torment would have touched you for that whereof you had spoken. When you were propagating it with your tongues and uttering with your mouths that whereof you had no knowledge, that about which you had no knowledge, you counted it as a small thing. You counted it as a little thing. While with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it was very great. And why did you not, when you heard it say, it is not right for us to speak um, of this. Glory be to you, O Allah. This is a great lie. So Allah is saying, why did you not say that? Instead of talking something and saying something that you had no knowledge about, why did you not say this? Now, Um, and then Allah says Allah forbids you from it and warns you not to repeat the like of it forever if you are believers and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the ayat his signs, his revelations plain to you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all knowing, all wise now think about these ayat and there are of course uh, some more ayat here but I, I for the uh, purpose of what I want to say, uh, I am selecting these ayat. The just as a um, to to complete this, let me first mention something else, which is that when these ayat were revealed, the parents of Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, and Umar Ruman radiallahu anha 
they told her to thank Rasulullah She refused. And she said, I will thank Allah. Because it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who declared my innocence. Now this also shows the spirit of Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu which makes her such a remarkable person to whom we owe so much in our religion. She was a scholar, a jurist, and above all a person totally connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why when she called upon Allah, Jalla Jalaluhu, he heard her and he answered her. Now while this incident, as I mentioned, was very difficult and painful, obviously, it represents much good. Firstly, the Muslims learned experientially the danger of rumors and how they can divide the community and sow discord and suspicion. So this is a very big learning for them. There was no, until then, I mean the the munafiqeen of uh, Medina, they they used to, you know, malign Rasulullah and they used to say things, but something of this nature had never happened before. So here was something which is so serious, which is so uh, evil and it happened uh, and the Muslims fell for it. They got deceived. Uh, people like Hassan bin Sabit who was a good sahabi, alhamdulillah, one of the, one of the greatest poets of the Arabs and uh, Rasulullah used to give him a chair to sit and he would say, recite poetry, uh, you know, supporting uh, Islam and Muslims and criticizing the Quraysh and he would do all that. Now he, as I mentioned before, was one of the people who uh, fell into the trap of Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, and he also became one of the people who spread the rumors. So this became, and, and there were other people also. So the, the, the issue is that uh, for the first time Muslims learned, they learned experientially, very painfully, the danger of rumors. Secondly, very strict laws were put in place to protect the innocent from slander and punish slanderers. The punishment for somebody who accuses a chaste person of adultery and is unable to produce four independent eyewitnesses is to receive 80 lashes. Now usually 80 lashes will kill you. So it's almost like capital punishment. But if you do survive it, then after the 80 lashes, that person is declared to be a liar for the rest of his life. And their testimony uh, is not admissible in court. So it is not a punishment which uh, for all other punishments, once a person, once the hudud have been uh, have been implemented, once the, once the punishment has been uh, served, then the person is free from that crime and uh, there is no blame attached to that person thereafter for other things. But in this case, the blame continues with that person for the whole of their lives. Thirdly, the innocence of Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqah was categorically established for all time by the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself being revealed in support of our innocence. So those who claim that women are discriminated against in Islam uh, should ponder on this incident. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared and he warned the slanderers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Verily those who accuse chaste women, who never even think of anything touching their chastity and are good believers. Such people are cursed in this life and in the hereafter. And for them will be a great torment on the day when their tongues, their hands and their legs or feet will bear witness against them as to what they used to do. On that day Allah will pay them the recompense of their deeds in full and they will know that Allah, uh, He is the manifest truth. Now, 
This is the reason, as I mentioned yesterday also, this is the reason why anyone who accuses Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa of wrongdoing must reflect on that, reflect on what that accusation means and that person should make istighfar and tawbah and stay away from saying such things. Because if they continue to accuse Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa it means that this person is denying not one word of the Quran, which alone is enough to render one out of Islam, but he or she is denying 11 ayats. And that is why our belief as Ahlul Sunnah is that anyone accusing or cursing Aisha Siddiqa has committed kufr and has left Islam. Finally, there is another aspect of goodness in this also. And that is, the Muslims came to understand fully that Rasulullah had no knowledge of Al-Ghaib, the unperceivable, except that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him. Beside that, his knowledge was like that of any, of any other person. For one full month, he remained in great anxiety regarding Aisha Siddiqa He would sometimes make inquiries from the, from the maidservant, sometimes from his other wives, and sometimes from Ali bin Abi Talib and Usama bin Zaid Ali bin Abi Talib is reported to have said to him that, Ya Rasulullah, she is only a woman. If you, if you think she has done this, divorce her, marry somebody else. And Sayyidah Aisha was very hurt when she heard this. Anyway, at last, when Rasulullah spoke to Aisha, he only said to her, if you have committed the sin, you should repent. Now, what does it mean? It means he doesn't know whether she did it or not. He is advising her. He is saying that if you have committed the sin, you should repent. And if you are innocent, I expect that Allah will declare your innocence. Now, had he possessed any knowledge of Al-Ghaib, of the unperceivable, he would not have felt so upset. Nor would he have uh, made inquiries, nor counseled her to repentance. It was only when he received the divine message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did he know the truth that Aisha Siddiqa was innocent. Now this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arranged to safeguard the Muslims through through direct experience and observation against exaggerated notions in which people generally get involved regarding their religious leaders on account of blind faith. And perhaps that's the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withheld revelation for a month. Because if revelation had been sent down on the very first day, it could not have had this beneficial effect. So even though this was very painful, but it was something that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, had a lot of khair in this. So I remind myself and you that the Sahaba of Rasulullah were very special people. And among them, the Ahlul Bayt, the household of Rasulullah Sallallahu had the highest status. And that is why it's important to study the seerah of Rasulullah and his Sahaba and understand the beauty of Islam from a very fundamental, practical perspective which we can apply in our lives. I ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to enable us to understand this deen and to live by this deen and to live by the um, uh, to live by the. the oh, the teachings of Rasulullah by his blessed sunnah and to uh, so that in, in so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with us and never be displeased.